Welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us today on the journey towards self-mastery. Our next guest wanted to create a safe space for their families after some of the traumas from 2019 and 2020 for Black people. They first purchased 96 acres of land in Georgia and got together with 19 families to create the environment that they wanted, which became known as the Freedom Georgia Initiative. Later on, that 96 acres would turn into 502 acres. They plan on creating an entire city, an environment that is pro-Black, Black-owned, and led by Black women. Along with building generational wealth, they want to be a premier recreational, educational, and cultural destination for Black families across the African diaspora. They have gotten high praise from P. Diddy and Viola Davis and have been covered on USA Today, Forbes Newsweek, TMZ, Revolt TV, CNN, and more. Let's welcome today the founders of the Freedom Georgia Initiative, Ms. Ashley Scott and Ms. Renee Walters to the program. Ladies, how are we doing today? Hello. Hello. Good evening. How are you? I'm well. Again, uh, thank you so much for coming through to the program and just the work that, you know, you guys have been able to do, you know, the past couple of years is just, it's, you know, I'm in awe and it's inspiring. So I really appreciate you guys you know, creating stories for us to tell our children about the work that these two ladies done and did in the midst of a pandemic. Like, so really appreciate the work y'all doing, man. And, you know, just, it just keeps growing and growing. Every time I look, you know, at the new things you guys are doing, it's like it, it doubled and it keeps multiplying, man. So I appreciate you guys having the vision to try to establish something for us that, that is needed. Well, thank you so much for that. And thank you for having us. Thank you for even seeing what we're doing and recognizing it as inspirational. Um, I'm very happy to be here. I'm Ashley Scott. We are glad to have you on. And, you know, before we get into, you know, Freedom Georgia Initiative and everything, I kind of want to get into, you know, you guys individually and kind of what led to that. So we have like a full detailed story and have an understanding of how, th how this whole thing came about and how you got, you know, the inspiration to do the work that you're doing. Uh, so if you guys could share individually, I know Ashley, you are into, you know, realty and Renee, you're into investing. So if you guys can share a little bit about your experiences before Freedom Georgia and, you know, what brought you two together and then what brought you into the mindset and the ideology that we needed a space. So we will start with uh, Ashley. Well, okay. Uh, I actually uh, have been in marketing and PR for a very long time. I'm originally from Philadelphia. I went to the Philadelphia High School for Girls, and I went to Bennett College for Women at HBCU in Greensboro, North Carolina, and I graduated with my bachelor's degree in psychology. And after I graduated, I came to Atlanta. I've been living in Atlanta since 2008. And I went immediately into sales. I used to do door-to-door -door sales. And then from there, I went to uh, being my own entrepreneur. I started a business called Status, a sophisticated 
talented assistants to your service, right? And so mm. I had one of the first VA companies here in Atlanta. And as I've got really good at doing project management and being an assistant to some amazing um, entrepreneurs here in Atlanta, I got into digital marketing, Facebook marketing. I was posting Facebook posts and Facebook ads before that became like the next new big thing. And then I really understood that if I wanted to be wealthy and I wanted to stop the day-to-day grind of having to kill what I eat, if you know what I mean, as an entrepreneur, Mm. that Mm -hmm. I needed to start really getting into real estate so that I could create passive wealth for myself. And so when I met my husband back in 2014, he was- Throw that we met there. we met at the club. My my homegirl <laughs> Q, my my good friend Q, uh, she and I were um out one night, and my husband Robert was like, "Hey Q," and she was like, "Hey Robert," and then you know we've been together ever since. <laughs> <Dope>. <laughs> she introduced us, and so when I met my husband, you know he was actually. Um, just getting into real estate himself with his business partners and friends. They own um, a few boarding houses all over the city. And so I started helping them with managing the boarding houses. And I was like, I need to get my real estate license. And so by 2018, I had studied and I I took the class and I got my license on my first try of passing, uh, doing the test. And the rest, as they say, is history. And I got the chance to meet my good friend, Renee, while I was um, dating my husband. He and I started attending church together because my husband's a drummer at our church that we um, attend, the Lifehouse. And while I was there, I used to go sit next to Renee and she'll tell you, I used to shout all over her. And then I became (laughs) friends with Renee. And um, it's just like I said, like they say, the rest is history. I've been an entrepreneur finding my path and the path led me to my friend Renee. And I tried to, I brought her in along on the entrepreneurial journey. And I think she could take it from here, right? <laughs> I am originally from Chicago and um, I moved here in 2004 after I did a few years of door-to-door sales, like immediately after high school, I took a job traveling um, across the country doing door-to-door sales, selling books and magazines for a large publishing company. And I did that for about three years. And I decided that I wanted to um, just do something different. So I moved to Atlanta and I started a job in retail management. Like I had no retail management experience, but because of my um sales background and my door-to-door job, I was able to um, get a lot of skills that was needed for different jobs that I would do over the course of being in Atlanta. And so um, I worked for Lids for about eight to nine years as a store manager and a training manager. And we will also um, go around the city setting up different stores as they would grow. Um, we did travel where we would work the Super Bowls and things like that. And then I had an accident where I fell out of the attic and I was instantly paralyzed. So um, yes, I had to learn how to do everything all over again, like walk, drive, um, just pretty much learn how to function all over again. Um, so it that was kind a car of took accident? Me. No, I fell out of the attic 15 feet. Whoa, wow. Yes. And so that kind of took away my management career because I wasn't able to like stand 
um, as long as I could because I have neuropathy in my legs. And so I created um, the Narcissist Cupcake. That's one of my businesses that I have. It's like a mobile bakery, small catering company. I do small events. I sell um, some of the best desserts you'll ever eat. And I got into investing in the stock market too back in 2014 as well. So um, Mm -hmm. I also did outreach at our church. I worked with the teens. I worked with the children. So I did a lot of things to keep myself busy, um, not so much as career-wise. I was just trying to figure out myself what I wanted to do in that time after um, learning how to walk again and being paralyzed, it kind of like strips you of who you was before. And so mm-hmm. in the process of me, like trying to find myself, um, I ended up going to school for neuromuscular therapy. That's like a form of medical massage where I'm able to help people that was in the same situation I was in far as being paralyzed, far as suffering from chronic illness. So that's one of my passions as well. And then immediately after graduation, I had a baby but my baby was born with um, a brain injury. So she has special needs. She has cerebral palsy and mm-hmm. a, um, like 70% of her brain is damaged. So I wasn't able to start practicing neuromuscular therapy immediately. Um, I've just been raising my baby. And in the midst of everything that I had going on in the pandemic, like this post just went viral about you being able to buy a by a town for the cost of a New York City apartment. And so as the post was going viral, this was around the time of George Floyd being murdered. And we all were dealing with the unrest, the protests, and just everything going on. But this gave us a chance to see, like during the pandemic, nobody was working. So we had a chance to see, like, it's really messed up out here. And, you know, Mm -hmm. um, we're all married. Ashley has a Black husband. I have a Black husband. And I have a son. Ashley has a son. And we was just like, what can we do as women, as wives, to protect our families, to protect our husbands. Because it's crazy out here. Like, they can leave out, and we don't know if they're going to come home, if they get pulled over or what. And so that that was something that we were struggling with in June of 2020. And so when the post went viral, I ended up sending it to Ashley. You know, she's a realtor, so she scouted out different parcels of land in the area. And we ended up taking a tour because we did a lot of research. They had a whole open house. Mm-hmm. We got a chance to meet a lot of investors, a lot of different realtors. So we knew something was going to come of somebody buying the town. And after our tour was over, Ashley, we drove, me and Ashley drove around to the different areas that she had already looked at, looked at online. And I think the last piece of land that we, um, that we got out and walked around on, it just felt different. Like it felt like ours, like something that we needed like I felt like the land called to us hmm. like I know it sounds weird but I felt nah, like it, it don't sound weird at all I'm thinking about the ancestors man like it was yeah. like oh yeah this is it you know what I mean like sending those messages you know yes that land called to us and we answered the call but this was something Ashley had been talking about for a long time because like I said we met in 2015 I think when they started when she started coming to the church mm-hmm. and she would always talk about oh, I'm going to go to Belize and just have my own little homestead. So these were already conversations that she was having. And I will always listen. I'd be like, that would be kind of dope for us to live like amongst our friends. So I would take it back to my friends, those conversations that I was having with Ashley. And they was like, well, how do we do this? Well, I was like, I don't have all the answers of how, but I know my friend Ashley do. and But I have the hope that all of this can go together how we need it to go. So we never had those conversations because, you know, we we just had our lives, our businesses, kids. 
So we didn't have that conversation with our friends, but in 2020, the conversation came back up five years later mm. of how dope it would be for us to all live amongst each other. So Ashley, you go get 10 of your friends. I'm gonna go get 10 of my friends and let's see what we can make happen. And so on the ride home, we was just thinking about all the people that we know we wanted to be involved with. Like we literally picked our neighbors, like our closest friends and family who we talk to every day, who we party with, who we go to church with, people that we like, that we actually want to be around and we wouldn't mind living around. And so those were the people that we chose. Man, that is, uh, that's such a powerful, you know, story too, man. And just, I'm thinking about just, uh, you know, a lot of us kind of have, you know, ideas in our heads and things that we want to do. And especially, you know, with, with what's going on in the state of the black world and some of the struggles that we're going through and stuff like that. But a lot of fear is involved in that. So how did y'all kind of overcome all that and have the, I guess, you know, the, the, the motivation to actually carry this out and not just be like, yo, let's just talk about it and continue talking about it. Just, you know what I mean? Like, how did it turn into action? Like, was there anything specific that made it like, yo, we got to do this now? Or was it just like, that was just, you know, the mindset that y'all had to begin with? Let me say this first, Renee. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, peace, and sound mind, okay? Period. <laughs> there is nothing that can happen to us other than what God allows to happen. Period. Mm. So go ahead, Renee. <laughs> uh, well, she said, but what I would say is I never had fear going into this because, you know, we hear, we've heard the stories about what happened um, when, when towns were being built and established. I didn't think of those things um, going in. I thought this would be an opportunity for us to create something grand, for us to create something for our families, for us to create something that we can be proud of. I didn't think about the what ifs, what could happen, like, oh, what if they do this to us? Like none of those things ever stopped me from going forward. I think everybody had that feeling because it was me and Ashley, like, this we've always talked about how we're going to be millionaires how we're going to do this how we're going to do that and i'm a person that if i say i'm gonna do something i'm a tourist so it's nothing you can't tell me i can't do uh the doctor told me i would never walk again and i did everything in my power to prove this man wrong and mm. so i just always had a a thing where if i say i'm gonna do it it's got to be done and that's just it and so when ashley and i met and we had such a strong connection in our entrepreneurial skills like far as we know what we want to do like we know the mindset like I'm going to be a millionaire well shit I'm going to be a millionaire too so let's get these millions together like that was always our conversation and people around us know that so if they see us jumping like oh we got this opportunity people like oh I know it's them yeah we bet sign us up and that's pretty much how it happened man that is powerful man and that what I want to also say is that where you say Renee really makes a lot of sense. It speaks to our character. If anybody wants to know how to get people together to accomplish a big goal, it starts with having integrity and having a, a, a certain kind of character that people feel confident that they can follow you. Because like Renee said, if we didn't, if we weren't who we were, 
this wouldn't have been quite as easy or wouldn't have gone quite so successfully. Because when Pookie and them have a bright idea, you usually be like, uh-uh, I'm not fooling with Pookie. <laughs> but because we no ain't Pookie and his ideas, I ain't doing that. <laughs> people were happy to say, you know, where do I need to send the check? What I need to do? So integrity and good character are the foundational aspects of who we are and what this project is built on. So true, man. So true. And um, again, too, like with the lack of fear, I think that's what we need to start having because, you know, our ancestors, you know, that fought for us, you know, they, 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 you know, fought away that fear. And despite what could happen, they did what they had to do. So we got to really follow in those footsteps and y'all are doing that, man. So I really, you know, again, appreciate the work that, you know, you guys are doing because, you know, some of the work that we do is not always safe work, but it has to be done. Somebody got to do it. If we want things to change, and we know we got to do it. So <laughs> somebody has to tackle this thing. So thank you guys for being the ones to, you know, really do some of this work that that is inspiring the whole world right now, really. You know, the whole Black world is inspired by the work y'all doing, man. So, you know, kudos for y'all for having no fear and being able to to execute, you know, the mission right now. Um, so along with the 19 families, it's not like just random people that y'all just cool with and hang out with and just don't do nothing with, right? So these are people that, uh, are bringing something to the table. So can we go through some of the people and exactly what it is that they're bringing to the table, uh, that is going to help, you know, pretty much make this initiative a success? Yeah. Um, so I think the first thing, obviously me, I'm a real estate agent. It was a low barrier of entry for us when it came to being able to select the land because I had that skill set, right? We've got, um, a deputy, uh, sheriff on our team. So we've got someone who has that, um, defense. We've got pretty much all of our men are veterans, some of our women as well. Um, and so having that military, background was a big part of this because that military background, again, that character, that discipline, those skill sets and the ability to work as a team to follow direction and leadership, that matters. Um, and so having pretty much a good bit of our team as either either married to veterans or our veterans themselves, that was a huge help. Um, we have our clinical psychologists so that, you know, when you're doing anything with 19 people, you've got to make it through the group dynamics. So having mm. Dr. Ball, our managing partner, being a licensed clinical psychologist helps us drastically in our group dynamics and interactions to keep us on task. We have an amazing event planner. Um, which is, again, comes in great handy when we're planning fundraisers and galas. And um, we have a team and a bunch of great, amazing musicians and songwriters and singers. So when we have events, again, on our land, we're able to tap right into like DJs and um, live entertainment. And those are all the things, you know, as Black folks, we like to do all that stuff, right? And so yes, yes. I, I think, I'm sure I'm missing many of them. Like we've got Nicole, she's got all the project management and construction background. We have an intelligence officer that can find anything we need to know out immediately. <laughs> we've got, um, geez, 
a farmer. We've got just literally a, a lot of skill sets of the things we knew we would need. We have um, a heavy machine equipment operator. We got electricians. Yeah, just a plethora of Black excellence and skill sets. Mm, yeah, that is that is really brilliant, man, because, you know, people could have just been like, yo, I'm going to just gather together with my homies and we going to make it work. Like, and oh, what are your homies doing? I'm like, what are they doing? So I think that is the fact that y'all thought about that is, is super important. And it kind of makes this thing into more of a reality because you have all these pieces of, you know, people that can bring different things to the table for the collective. Uh, so, you know, super important. Another thing you guys did, like while establishing the LLC, was that you had it under all the women of the family. So what was the importance of that? And why was, uh, you know, it important? Why was it important for this to be a woman led operation? There are uh, many different benefits. Being a woman in business and being a like, I don't know how to fully explain this. Ashley could probably do it better than me. But it's just different perks and things you get being woman-owned. A lot of different um, grants and things that we can go after. A lot of funding that we can go after being in women's, um, being a woman's business. So we were very strategic in like certain areas of creating FGI because we knew um, we were going to go after grants and different funding and just being women owned because we know it's a lot of opportunities out there for that at the moment. We wanted to take every opportunity we could. It's time for women to be in roles of leadership. That's how we create a new and innovative world. Like I, I'm, I love the fact that we have our men not in the background, but beside us, supporting us in our leadership roles. And to see that, to experience that, it's powerful for young women growing up, for young ladies and girls to see women of color using their brilliant minds to establish a city, like to go into a building and look up on the walls and see the pictures of founders being black women is going to change the entire worldview of a lot of little black girls. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Uh, definitely will, man. And, you know, we get on these type of talks where women can't do it. They're too emotional. They need the men to do this and do that. And, you know, they'll, they'll handle it get them they'll do the cooking and the cleaning for everybody you know so i think that um y'all are doing that just really setting the example man that this this stuff can be done and it can be done by us and the guys could be by our side holding it down as well doing what they do and we could do what we do and you know y'all making it work so kudos for that as well um so y'all talk about just the stages of development with everything being into five stages so can y'all break down pretty much how you guys plan on you know putting this together into these different stages and what, what they incorporate. Absolutely. So this is exciting. So the first phase is a discovery phase, right? So just getting to know the land, right? As it's completely raw. We got to go and tour some other communities like Serenby, Georgia, out in Chattahoochee Hills. We got to go to this place called Sassafras out in Turtle, in Tennessee. Um, out in the mountains, uh, you know, another, you know, black founded community back in the 70s, I think, right? Is that, did they say it was the 70s or the 90s? When they, I don't know. It's called Sassy. I honestly believe it was the 90s. I yeah, say. I think you're right. I think it was the 90s. When they did it. 
And um, we got to visit um, some big farm communities and, and farm company called um, Hub Ventures out in Florida that have these greenhouses going in. And we took a trip to Houston and we got to see what um, Paul was doing out there uh, with their pantry, uh, what is it, Joseph's House Pantry? And so what we were doing in what we're doing right now, because we're still in our first phase, we discovered what are the best practices? What, what's out there that people are doing that can be something that we can mimic or model, things that we like? What are the things we don't like? What are the things we don't want to you know, mimic or model? What paths do we not want to bump our, we don't want to bump our head on certain walls that we could learn from the mistakes of other communities out there. We are discovering eco villages. We're doing a lot of research online right now. Um, and that's just to understand what is it we want to see freedom truly look like. And not just us as the original 19 families, but we find a lot of pleasure and joy. I, I, I know me and Renee do at least. Um, hearing and reading comments and emails and just people call us and they tell us, you know, their dreams and their wishes and what they hope freedom could be for those who end up living there, right? Even though it might not be them, which is also interesting too. <laughs> but we want to figure out, okay, we own this land. We're in an unincorporated area where we've got a lot of support from the local community and local government to be innovative, to attract tourism, to build spaces and places that will be honoring of nature, especially when it comes to like the conservation and uh, practices, like they're really excited to see what we can do in this and with this 502 acres that we own that doesn't destroy the environment and that actually can be a solution to some of the climate change that's happening, right? How can mm -hmm. we implement ideas around permaculture into our landscape and how we as humans interact with this landscape and not just be worried about what we're building so that we can have what we want, but really understanding and discovering the land and the landscape and how do the animals that are there, how do they use the land, right? And how mm -hmm. can we build in a harmonious way? And as Black people, we have something to say about these things too. We have environmentalists, we have biologists, we have people, we are contacted on a regular basis by some of the most brilliant Black minds of academia who wanna study what we're doing want to see what will it be in 20 years to see freedom and how it impacted the children of freedom to watch their parents to create a space for them designed for them so that they would not be victims of climate change, not be victims of police brutality, not be victims of poverty, but instead be victors, have a place in a space where they can really build Wakanda. Like we can now, we have 400 acres, particularly where we are like, we are going to build Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs>
and we have the most brilliant and I and I can't I have no better word for the bright brilliant people that have come to the table the intellectual property that people have that they're like yeah we we've been waiting for a chance to show this off to be able to implement this here to be able to invest in this community so that we can literally take our brightest ideas to the next level right so this is what i'm so excited about because oh the phases of discovery this is the most important phase there is technology that people haven't even heard of that we can implement when we study this, you know, the valleys and the peaks and the, how we can take advantage of the natural resources and the water and how the inclines create velocity to create energy, renewable energies. There's just so many things that we can now integrate into a community designed still with Black families in mind, with food sovereignty in mind, so that we can really meet these these ideals that the United Nations, they have the 17 Sustainable Development Goals. If you haven't heard about them, please look them up. The 17 Sustainable Development Goals. Now, no matter how you really feel about the UN, because everybody feels all kinds of ways about politics, but mm -hmm. when you look at the core principles of these goals, these 17 Development Goals say no poverty, equality for women, right? education for children, just basic ideals for a sustainable future where we are not adding to carbon emissions, but we're completely drastically changing the way we live. Everybody's driving an electric car in freedom. That's the new rule, you know? We And if you don't like it, too bad, kick rocks, because we have <laughs> to have a community that's going to be uncompromising about mm. our environmental ideals because climate crisis is real and we mm -hmm. got three-year-old four-year-old brand new babies that we have to have and be accountable for what we're doing to mother earth period and so we have decided as the you know we're the salt of the earth without us there's no flavor so mm -hmm. we have to create the spaces and the places that can be dope as heck and still meet those ecological principles, these ideas that everybody should get paid a fair and living wage. Why are we still talking about $7 and 25 cents as the federal or the minimum wage in the state of Georgia? Like, and even if it is do better, like you can choose to pay people the $18 an hour that they need to survive because it's your business. Do what we need to do to address and treat each other better. Make your employees owners instead of just employees. They'll give better service. So there's different principles that we can hold ourselves to when we as owners of this community and as you know proprietors too, because all the businesses in freedom, we own and we own them collectively. And we have these ideals where the businesses that will be in freedom are businesses that are going to, it's going to impress people. They're going to feel good about being there. They're not going to feel like, oh, 
I can't do business with black people. Like all these negative connotations that we perpetuate. I went to an all girls uh, high school and an all women's college. I know very many amazing high customer service businesses that they have nothing but excellence, but that's not what you hear. And so mm -hmm. we want to give people this experience. That's why we talk about a recreational and cultural destination for Africans and folks throughout the diaspora and our allies. Like if you cool with black people, you welcome. You don't gotta be black to come. You just gotta like us, like love us the way that we love you. You're welcome. <laughs> and so I just wanna say that I, I think that that first discovery phase, that's a really important phase. So mm -hmm. phase one is all about discovering who the players are and discovering really um, what freedom will be. And then phase two is then building the first hundred acres out and really uh, studying it, seeing how it goes and what makes sense, what's missing. Um, so actually that, that infrastructure, the wells, the different things that need to go in place, that's a, a phase two item. And then phase three is those first subdivisions. And then phase four is a more, um, kind of mixed use space where we'll have our senior living facilities and um, you'll see small retail shops at the bottom of it. And then, you know, phase four would be a more campus kind of lifestyle with our Freedom Institute for Innovation and Culture. And that's when we start bringing in those academicians, those uh, sociologists and um, public health and different other um, entities that can help us better serve the community and study this community to make sure that we are still doing it right and that we're growing at a pace that's good for sustainability, that we're again honoring the land. And then phase five would be a complete build out where we've acquired an additional 2,300 acres of land. And we've identified some land nearby that would connect both the 404 acre parcel we currently have and the 96.71 we have. Um, there's some land in between it we can per potentially purchase. Um, and we'd like to be able to start establishing more density um, on other parcels that mimic what we have got right on that first initial parcel that we built out on the 404 acres. And I'm sure that by that time, we will be chartered as a city in phase five. We'll start having conversations about education and governance. Um, we'll really be at a place where we can have a blueprint for other communities, rural areas that are in need of revitalization to be able to um, really follow a master plan that we will have created that is, you know, completely innovative around renewable energy, um, renewable and green building materials, reusable, reduce all of the um, typical mantras of environmentalism, but even more so um, communities that embrace technology, artificial intelligence. We are talking about um, just integrating completely to be a smart city so that we can better use data for protecting ourselves and, and really understanding how do we reduce waste and 
all the good things that actually does come when you use technology in beneficial and meaningful ways rather than oppressive ways. So we're really excited about the five phases and each phase definitely gets grows and gets bigger. Um, that sounds, you know, super amazing. And it definitely sounds like Wakanda for real, like just the way, you know, y'all explaining it and um, just breaking down everything. And it sounds like, you know, like just futuristic, um, you know, type of place to live in and you account for everything from the environment to the animals to the farming to just everything is accounted for, man. So that sounds really interesting. All right. Uh, so ladies, like when I'm hearing this too, like I'm thinking about costs, right? So how, you know, do you guys have the money like right now to be able to pay for all of this? And, you know, if you don't, what is going to be incorporated into being able to make sure this whole entire Wakanda universe comes into fruition? So we have, we've been very, I'll just say first, we have been very blessed with um, the people that has been brought onto this project, um, a lot of the, the developers and just different people that we are working with, we have been very, very blessed in the things that has been provided for us. And so we made connections with one of our energy partners and they were able to secure us a performance bond where we'll be able to draw from a bank um, all the money that is needed to do all of the building that we need to do. Um, we had to secure $500,000 on our end just to show that we are worthy, you know, kind of like, I'm going to bring this to the table, but you got to bring this to the table. And I mm -hmm. got y'all. And so we were able to secure that money as well. And so um, in the next, I want to say 60 to 90 days, there will be a lot of paperwork that we will be having to go over and sign and um, just take care of all of the dotting your I's and crossing your T's just to make sure um, everything that we want is um, in those plans. So I do want to say we will start building because we have secured our funds and I'm just excited about everything. That is yeah, exciting. Yeah, we haven't man. really told anybody that. I think that was oh, the first sure. person. Yo, let's go. That's why it was dead yeah. silence when like... <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with us, man. And I was just wondering, because a lot of times, like, there's all these uh, great ideas that we have. And then somewhere in the middle, we kind of get stuck with the money and we need, yeah. you know, we need this extra thing and we don't got it. Let's figure it out. And sometimes we don't figure it out. So I was just wondering, like, where? We well, so this? here's the real truth of it all, right? We didn't have the money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we had to. We had to fundraise money, right? We got we got to go fund we right now. We're gonna always be fundraising money because you've always got to bring something to the table. There's always right. a a need for skin in the game, whether it's 10, 20% down. Every building we build, they're gonna want 20% down on whatever we say is gonna take to build the building. That's the game of real estate. But when you play it right, eventually you'll be at an upside where you can afford that 20%. So eventually it begins to create profits for itself. And so because we know that our brand is strong, our vision is strong, our skill sets are strong, the entire team and the vision is strong, over time, it's going to just keep winning, winning, winning. And then that 
profit, it's like a snowball effect. And then you are then able to have reserves because it sometimes it doesn't go the way you want it to go, but you begin to understand more about the real estate game and the development game. And you understand, okay, there's always a fix for something. And then you're, you're going to be able to say, okay, let me put, you know, my 20% contingency in there. It's the same way. Like a lot of us, you know, we'll flip a house. Well, the things you do to make a house happen, you can do it over and over again to build the city. It's mm. all the same process. And so it's the same, like I, I hear my mentors in my head, like the same amount of work that it takes for me to sell a $150,000 house is the same amount of work it takes for me to sell a $1.5 million house. I'm still have to put the sign in the front yard. I'm still have to take the pictures. So <laughs> you might as well think bigger. You, and so that's where we decided, you know, it's the same flip game. You know, we can do one thing at a time. We don't have to do all 404 acres at one time. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So we started right now. We just got done subdividing the first 78 acres. We took 78 acres and we subdivided it. And so now we've got six acre plots. And now people are ready to buy the six acre plots and they'll put a blueberry business on it. They'll put uh, uh, oak trees on it. They'll put different farming businesses on each business and then they start making a profit. And then when they start making a profit, we go, let's build the senior citizen home now. And then mm -hmm. when a citizen senior home makes the profit, okay, now let's go build the commercial buildings that we need. And now the commercial buildings are making money. Now let's go buy the next parcel of land so we can build the next set of apartment buildings we need for the people. And now that mm -hmm. the apartment buildings are making money, now let's go and put our state-of-the-art amphitheater in town. And now that the amphitheater is making money, now let's go and build the horse and conference center Okay, now the conference center is making money. Let's go. So you go from glory to glory, step by step. And, and that's how we do it. Even if we don't have money from celebrities or investors, we can do it. Because as long as there's money coming in, you can keep flipping it to the next thing. Right, right. I'm sure that money's going to be there too. Like celebrities sprinkling a little anonymous donation in there and all that kind of stuff. You know how they be doing. Um, so... Now I'm listening to this for the first time and I'm like, yo, this is fascinating. Like Renee and Ashley are really killing this. I want to be a part of this. I, man, I might, well, let's get everybody together and get some land over there, man. Like let's, let's purchase some of those plots that they got over there. Like what is it exactly that, you know, I have to do? Are you guys looking for specific type of people to come into the community to purchase the land? Or is it just like, yo, you got the money, come through, be a part, like what? exactly is you know what y'all looking for as far as people coming in and what do they have to do if they're interested we are looking for like-minded individuals uh people that want to grow people that you know just want to want to see something different want to see something new and innovative um and that's of all colors you know we just, but just know that our city will be pro-Black and it will be for the benefit of our people and, and the betterment of our people. Um, Ashley could tell you more of how to get involved, but um, you just have to be a person with good work ethics, integrity, first and foremost. Um, 
just a decent person. Like we're looking for decent, like-minded individuals that want to be a part of something great and to be a part of change. Understood. And here's so, just to tell them how they can get involved. Yeah. So the first step is to get with me. So I'm the I'm the vice president of communications and so mm-hmm. so if you want to buy a property because we do we have uh six acre properties pl- plots they are completely raw and they're intended and designed to be raw so that you can look at the land and decide what is it i want to do with my land right we didn't grade it we didn't do what the big track subdivision builders do they get a piece of land they like fill it up with dirt they knock every tree down and everything they don't care about no deer they could care less what's going on mm. <laughs> of the environment but that's not who we are right and so that's important like we really are looking like she said like-minded people who understand how important this idea of environmental sustainability and food sovereignty right being able to feed ourselves, being able to have access to organic, natural, grown with love foods, right? And this idea of farm to table, like that's how we live to be a hundred years old is when we are truly living this idea where we kill what we eat, right? Literally, right? When we grow what we eat, how about that? Because mm. really we want to focus on fresh, healthy, organic living foods um, yeah. grown by your neighbors, grown by other black farmers, right? So connect with me via uh, email is the easiest way to get with me. I'm an email aholic, right? I'm always on there at ashleyscott at kw.com. Um, you can also visit our website, which is freedomgeorgia.com, and just indicate what your interest is, um, whether it's volunteering, whether you would like to purchase land, if you want to be an investor. Um, it all starts really with me and meeting me and having that first initial conversation. And then when there's synergy and a fit, uh, you get bumped up to the executive team and you get to get a, a Zoom meeting with Renee and Laura and whoever the committee chairperson might be that would best um, connect with you to, you know, bring you on board and, and whatever that looks like. We are always looking for strategic partners, businesses who want to get their name in front of other um, Black people of like minds who are having these conversations. We do a lot of these podcasts and I always try to shout out our partners. And that's something that is valuable when people are listening to who's building a black city. You want your name to be in that conversation, right? You want Mm -hmm. your name thoughts to come to mind when they say, oh, who's building freedom? Like, oh yeah, it's me. Me and my business is building so connect with us and um yeah we can you can call us at 478-375-5755 like we out here (laughs) yes 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 all right i should have asked y'all from the get-go like when we're talking about freedom georgia and georgia where exactly are you guys located so we are two hours south of atlanta about 45 minutes south from Macon, 
about three hours um, north of Savannah. Um, if you're coming um, down 75 South to 16, you can get to us. You can also take some state roads as well. Um, but most people are not very familiar with this very small town. It's called Wilkinson. It's in the area that's known as the Black Belt. When Hillary Clinton and all of them was running for uh, president, it was clearly established that there is a area here in Georgia, uh, and it's pretty rural, where there's a huge Black population of farmers and who have, you know, these interests in politics who own and run their their businesses and they you know are voting for these more progressive ideas right here in the south and that i tell people all the time if you're up north it's time to come home some time for another migration back to the south back to our lands of our ancestors and um that's where wilkinson is we're we're in the black belt uh we're right next to uh, Lawrence County in Dublin is 20 minutes. That's where we go to do our Walmart shopping. <laughs> mm. And um, Toomsboro is the closest city. It's eight minutes away. And Freedom will be a city unto itself one day because it lies in this unincorporated area of Wilkinson County. So um, it's right one about five minutes, a mile away from the Oconee River. And it's on a major street known as Old Balls Ferry Road. And it's a, not a major street. It's a major street there. It's not a major street in any place that you would consider a major street in urban America. Okay. Got you. Got you. All right. So, you know, thinking of just Freedom, Georgia, uh, one thing that you guys talk about a lot is having a safe space for Black people. So what exactly would you identify what does that look like a safe space for black people when we say a safe space we mean you can come and shop freely come and um be a part of like our eco therapy wait you be mean a part i'm not of gonna our be recreational area renee you you mean i'm not gonna be followed around at, at the store when i'm shopping that's Good what day. i mean you don't have to worry about a karen questioning why you in the area Hmm. Why you around these parts? You don't belong here. Um, it is it's a space to be you, to be free, to come and breathe, get away from the norm, the big city hustle and bustle. Come, 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 come spend your weekends in freedom and and relax. Walk through nature. Come put your back amongst on, on the trees. Come put your feet in the ground. Just come and get come get away and come get healing. That's what I want freedom to be when I say a safe haven, like a place where you can just come and breathe and don't have to worry about somebody shooting you down because you don't look like them. Got it. Got it. Got it. Makes perfect sense. All right. So, so I just I put a song in the chat for you, Mr. G. Yes. It's an Isley Brothers song, right? It says mm -hmm. it's called Freedom, literally. And in the song, in the lyrics of the song, it says, when you can walk how you want to walk and talk how you want to talk and dress the way you want to dress just because you feel it's best, that's freedom. Another huge part of your initiative is building generational wealth. And 
you know, this is something that black folks have been talking about for a long time, but there's always something that comes along and interrupts that. I know we mm-hmm. mentioned Tulsa, we mentioned Rosewood, we mentioned uh, Wilmington, you know, was another one. And just there, there's been so many where this has been the ideology. What is the importance of generational wealth and what does generational wealth really mean uh, to you guys? And how do we create that in, in this type of environment that we're in? Ownership. Ownership is the only way to create generational wealth. Ownership of assets, of commercial spaces, of buildings, of art, of NFTs, of crypto, of real life sculptures, um, ownership. We have to own things, not these Hondas and Fords, but if we go and buy something, get a classic car, something that appreciates over time and understanding and what has true value what are stores of value how can i put my money into something that no matter what's going on in the world it still will have intrinsic value that goes up over time um and so that to me is really what generational wealth is about is putting your time and your energy into acquiring assets that will continue to appreciate so that your children can own those assets and instead of them having to work all over for it they have something that gives them a network from the beginning because when you have assets you don't have to sell the assets you can leverage the assets you can put it down as a security because if you've got a business and your business is doing well you don't even have to sell your business. You can go get money from a, um, a business credit. So there's just so much you can do when you have true assets. And assets are things that make you money and don't cost you money. Every month, if you're paying your rent, that's not an asset. And as long as you're paying your mortgage, it's not an asset until you leverage the equity in the property. Otherwise, it's not, a, or until you sell it, then it's an asset because you sold it at a price above what you paid for it. But then it might not be an asset then because inflation is real. So we mm. really have to have a financial education and education is and in, in, in health to me are the real wealth. When we teach our children how to eat right, when we teach our children how to use herbs to heal any ailments that they have and how to use herbs as ways to um, prevent the many things that come down the pipeline when you have viruses out here running rampant, right? Mm-hmm. Like we have to give our children a mindset to learn and the um, confidence that if they just connect with God and nature, that they'll have the intuitiveness they need to solve whatever problem they have because we're creative beings and passing that confidence down, that spiritual confidence down. That's all wealth. There's wealth in that because if I have spiritual riches, I can create money or whatever I need on any day of the week. And that's true wealth. And so for me, it's a new mindset. It's about family and understanding the importance of how family is wealth, right? Because mm-hmm. if you acquire all of these things and you don't have children to pass it down to, 
if you're a man and you don't got a woman to leave it to when you pass on, because most of y'all men going to die before us. Thank you, Jesus. Not, <laughs> not that way. I'm just saying, I like the fact that as a woman, I'm going to probably live longer. <laughs> I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. The reality is, there's what is it all for if you're not doing it for charitable giving to the people who are part of your bloodline and that lineage, your bloodline, that's who it's for. And taking our seeds and our children more seriously and really understanding that when we pour into them, like we talked about it earlier, Mr. G, like everything I do, I do it for my children. I do it for my Mm -hmm. children's children. That's who I do it for. And when we understand that, to me, that's what generational wealth is about, is really having an integrated approach. The same way we have this integrated approach for how we want to build freedom, we have an integrated approach for how we consider and think about generational wealth. It's not just about the assets. It's about the health. It's about our family. It's about so much more. And and this is about systems thinking and changing the mind. Powerful, man. Powerful, powerful. And speaking of education and the children, are you guys planning on building schools? And what what have you thought about as far as education goes? Like, you know, because we know that education is the pillar of the generational wealth and the continuation of, you know, the legacy that you guys are building. We do have plans in place for education. But as people come in the beginning, Wilkinson County already has like a good school system. So we would just integrate with what with, with what they're doing. But for the most part, we want to focus on homeschooling, um, teaching our history to our children. Uh, once our institute is built, we'll focus on different trade programs where if you don't want to go to college, you can definitely come here and learn um, about building houses, our aviation programs, um, just different technology programs that we'll have in place for people to come and do learning it's really limitless. Like we can go above and beyond in the education department because we have so much land and there's just so much opportunity for all types of fields to come and be a part of us. So education will definitely be a big piece. And we have start connecting with different people. Cause you know, so many people reach out to us, but most of them are retired teachers. Most of them are um, educators, like college professors and things like that. that just want to come and offer their services to us. So we've been just um, connecting all of those dots and putting them together for our different phases as they come out. So again, I mentioned that you guys have been inspiring Black people around the world. And, you know, people are saying now like, yo, this is this is possible now. You know, Renee, Renee and Ashley are doing this and it's moving and there's a plan. And, you know, we're seeing this actually take place. So now we're beginning to believe and we want to do it too. So for those that want to kind of, uh, replicate what you guys are doing. What advice, you know, do you have for them in their process of having their own Georgia initiative in Florida, in New York, in uh, New Jersey, in Washington, or wherever it is that they decide to have it? What advice, based on your experiences and what you've learned, would you have for people that are attempting to replicate the amazing work you guys are doing? Well. Uh, the first thing I would say is you, you've you got to have help. That's the first step. And you have to have a vision. Like like Renee said, like this wasn't something that we came up with overnight. Like even though I didn't know it would be in Wilkinson County and I didn't know it would be in 2020 when we finally did it, but I've always had a vision for 
living in community, right? Living a sustainable um, lifestyle. And so you have to have a vision that you can communicate effectively to the people that you're most interested in building with. If you don't, you know, have the confidence to speak well and with confidence about what it is you're talking about, you have to have the intelligence and the intuition to hire people who will be good spokespeople for you or hire a personal assistant or a writer or someone who can help you through the things that you don't feel confident about. And nobody knows 100% about everything, right? So you've got to challenge yourself to learn new things and be open to working with people and not being devil's advocate all the time. Don't be the negative Nancy or the doubting Thomas, like show up in a spirit of how can I fix it? How can I make it better? How can, if I break it, how can I, again, build it back so that it has more innovative, useful purposes, right? Like be thinking in that frame instead of, being worried about all the ways that it can go wrong because we tend to go down that rabbit hole and the way that psychologically our brain works it will keep us paralyzed so try to stay away from this idea of like oh let me figure out all the things that can go wrong because then you'll just never do anything (laughs) you need to figure out all the ways that it can go right like lean into that way of thinking first and then I would say to make sure that people are the right people for all the right reasons. Like, do they have strong integrity and a good spiritual um, faith? And it doesn't matter. I'm not talking about Christian or Allah, like whoever it is, you just need to have some unshakable faith, like that faith of a mustard seed to move mountains. You're going to have to have some faith. And so making sure that people have that sense of, faith is important whatever that looks like for them but not someone who gonna go messing it up for everybody because they are constantly in fear and constantly um going down that path I just said to avoid right you need to have some people who got some sense of security background people who um have some quality character that it's not going to hinder you because you know their background might not be so pretty and i'm not saying that people can't have any kind of things on their background but be mindful of that or do they have good credit do they are they people who pay their bills on time are these people who treat children well and women well and are these people who do good business they don't have a bunch of lawsuits pending like again that character is important because if you're going to go buy land you got to get financing and these are the kinds of questions that an underwriter they're going to go look to see who these people are on your LLC before they give you money. And so you really should, again, consider what your vision is. Being a visionary person, you have to also have some people who have the ability to work on the details because everybody, again, has their own little personality, skill sets, and talents. And it's going to take you to identify who those people are, what those talents are. And that can take a while. So being patient and and being patient with the fact that the way you planned it might not be the way it goes. So you have to have flexibility. These are all soft skills because the money comes frequently and easily in all kinds of ways. 
So if your soft skills are not intact, um, when you get a billion dollars, it's not going to matter because you ain't going to have nobody who wants to work with you to build the city because you didn't have those soft skills intact. So that's kind of my advice. Great advice. Great advice. That makes a ton of sense, man. And speaking of, you know, things not going your way and everything, I know a lot of times people, t- you know, when, when Black people come together for stuff, people always like, well, they're they going to be fighting. They're going to be arguing. It's going to be issues. They're going to be petty. It's going to be yelling, like this and that and the third. And y'all got 19 families, man. So how have you kind of been able to... It's been audit. <laughs> I love the honesty. I love the honesty, but that's family. You know what I mean? Like within any space that you're with, you know, whether it's family, friends or whatever, and y'all live in the same space, there's going to be conflict. So how and that's have the you... thing about mm-hmm. choosing people that you love, that you genuinely love, because no matter what type of issues that may come about, if you genuinely love that person and have a certain respect for that person, y'all can overcome anything because it's been a lot of, and, and, and it didn't start out that way, but you know how when you get people together, that's what happened naturally. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Because you have to go through something to get somewhere. And this is how we learn each other. So I like, I welcome the fights. Like we've got it contained now, but in the beginning it was so, <laughs> you know, what's good type situation. <laughs> But these were our people. Like, these are our people. Um, these yeah. were our people before freedom. And that's what we got to remember. Like, these were our people before this land. And so when we get into that space, we got to know, like, hey, this is business. It ain't nothing personal. It's just business. Because if we want to grow, it's certain things that we can and can't do. And then grace. Grace goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Like, having grace for our brothers and sisters in this journey together because nobody was a landowner before this and we all came together to do this but we don't know everything like we don't have all the answers but we figure it out and we make it work but having grace and having compassion and love for your people and just remembering hey these were our people before freedom so I'm not gonna let some business get in the middle of our people and our friendships so well said well said well said Love the honesty too, man, because, you know, any, I've never met anybody with this, within, you know, having the space with somebody else that didn't have conflict unless it was, it was, you know, capping like the kids like. Listen, if they telling you <laughs> it's no conflict, it's all cap. I promise you. A hundred percent cap because I've, I'm already, like I coach people who are interested in building communities and they already are like, wait a minute. Like, is it really going to be this hard with the interpersonal relationships? I'm like, that's the hardest part. <laughs> like, and it's it, growing, like, it's just growing pains. You getting to know each other. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the people didn't know each other coming in. Like, these were Ashley's friends. These were my friends. Right. And although we've all been in settings together, no one really knew. Like, we had her clinical psychologist. I didn't know her. But one, like, that's like my sister. I talk to her almost every day now. Um, one of her other friends, Kevin, that's one of my favorite people, but that wasn't somebody I knew coming into this, you know? And right. it just works. Like, so many relationships and friendships have been formed um, because we did this. And 
I just think it's a good thing. And even though it may be fights and arguments or something, like I said, it's just making us better along the way to know what to do and what not to do going forward. So it's all been learning moments, teaching moments, just everything. And I'm appreciative of it all. Absolutely, man. And that's just y'all being real, man. You know what I mean? I'd be I'd be worried if there weren't any fights or arguments like, yeah, y'all, y'all keeping it real with each other over there. Like, you know what I mean? So um, I think that, you know, that is it's good to kind of work your way around that and figure that out and just have that system where it's like you said, the openness is there, the love is there and you can rely on that in those tough times. So super important. Um, all right. I wanted to get into a quick little activity here called What's Your Favorite? Identifying a few of your favorite things, getting to know y'all a little bit more. Um, so we'll go one at a time. Let's start with Ashley. What's been your favorite Black history success story? Because what y'all doing right now is Black history, uh, is pretty much a Black history success story. So what has been your favorite Black history success story? My favorite Black history success story has to be my sorority sister. Um, and I'm horrible, right? Because I'm going to slander her name. Um, Catherine Parker, the, astro- the the lady who did the numbers for NASA. <laughs> um, I just love that story, that those hidden figures, the way that Black minds work. Um, I just love that, you know, we constantly break barriers. There's nothing that people can do without us. And the Black woman being there to pretty much be a superhuman computer for computations, for people to go out of space. Like, what? Like, we are Black (laughs) history every day. Indeed, indeed. Renee, what has been your favorite? I would say for me, it was Obama becoming president. And that was because that was something you didn't think was tangible for our people. And I was a part of that. Like I voted for him. That was one of my first time voting. And so to be a part of that, to be a part of history, knowing that my vote, you know, was a part of him being in office. Like that's just, it was just something about that moment. I think I cried for a week because like, I just couldn't believe it. And so like you can't tell me I can't do nothing like it's nothing Mm. you can tell me like it's nothing you can tell me we had a black president and that was just it is not like we are building the city like that was motivation like I can do anything like Mm. I can do literally anything and then to have uh Kamala Harris as our vice president now like it's hey we in here we can do anything that we put our mind to um we could do it. Agreed, agreed, agreed. All right. Um, you guys have dealt with a ton of black businesses. You've seen the in and outs and everything of you know different businesses and, and uh things like that. So what have been, you know, some of your favorite black businesses through your time, you know, dealing with all these businesses? I would say uh Mobu Jessica from Mobu Enterprises, the shipping container lady. That's one of our favorite businesses. Um, We have a lot of small businesses that kind of um, come and vend at our events. Like when we had campouts and stuff, I would say uh, all of them are like my favorite because they always come out and show love and we support them. Um, All of the um, food trucks that come out, just so many different businesses that we've been able to connect with to further our agenda. Like, I'm just appreciative of them all. It's so many to name, 
but um, we've been connected to a lot of great people, a lot of small business owners that are just excited about what we're doing in freedom and can't wait to come and put their businesses in the ground. And um, it's just a lot. ABS solutions, like our energy partners, uh, Windstream, our people at Windstream, that, that was our sponsors for the gala. It's just so many to name. Got you, got you. All right. Um, I was thinking about the lemonade lady, the royal yes, Rose lemonade lady. Yes, Miss Liz. Do. We have people come and they rock with us every time we have an event. Miss um, Liz. I would lemonade also lady. say that um, for me, I love doing, I do black businesses. Like I, all I do is business with black businesses all day, every day. Um, and that's a, pretty much the premise of what we do. Mm -hmm. is to do black business right but some of the businesses that people don't think about so like the georgia greater black chamber of commerce is a great business that we do business with we're members of and the things that they bring to the table for us um and the connections to politics has been really helpful and phenomenal yes, definitely. so shout out to miss melinda uh, Sylvester, the president over at the Georgia Greater Black Chamber of Commerce. First another, priority insurance, Kim. First priority insurance, another Kim McMorris and James over at First Priority Insurance. Um, VIP the Black Suite. Wall Street Market um, in Stonecrest. The new Black Wall Street Market. We do a lot of business with them. So there's just the cool thing is. It's a black renaissance. I've been saying mm -hmm. that over and over again because that's what it feels like. Like the 1920s was a renaissance and then here we are in the 2020s again. And it's like a whole new breath of fresh air of great businesses, just people who are out here getting to it. So like shout out to Earn Your Leisure and all the yes. businesses they are always featuring. Like I'm a part of their Earn Your Leisure University um, so oh, if you want to, what? Yes, I'm an earner <laughs> out here in the streets. What? Like, <laughs> these are the businesses that I like to talk about because we don't usually think about these. And so like beauty, herbs, and tea, shout out to Abril. Nove um, money. Nove money if you need that credit repair. <laughs> so like, yeah, we, I can't, we just named like a bunch of black businesses because like mm -hmm. we can't pick just one. Like we do Absolutely. black businesses every day and like we have to support each other even if we don't always do what we want like shout out to the black achievement fund like nine dollars a month shorty get in there like whenever there's somebody who is trying to uplift themselves like we support i i buy the soaps i buy the jewelry like whatever we gotta do to make sure we're all out here winning and eating, we want to support. Like we buy the books. Yeah. Let's like we bought some stuff yesterday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's <laughs> what we do. That's how we roll. Agreed, agreed. We try to do the same thing at Mastermind, and we should all be a part of that process, man. Because if we don't support each other, how can we expect anybody else to? You know? That's right. And that's where yes. it starts. We have to support each other. Shout out to all the black businesses out there hustling and doing your thing, trying to feed the family and build that generational wealth. We mentioned a lot too, like you guys do a lot of events and uh, different fundraisers and things of that sort. So, so far, what has been your favorite event that you've done? All of our campouts be lit. Listen, the campouts- how many, how many people come out for those? It depends. Like we've had maybe 200 people there at one time. I think our Juneteenth campout, we had about, 
150, the big black camp out, we had 200 maybe. And it was just a dope atmosphere. We had entertainers come out. This past Juneteenth, we had uh, Philly Freeway come and rock the mic for us. Um, it's just been like our camp outs will probably be the, the, our favorite thing to do on the land with our family and friends. Dope, dope. Y'all got me thinking about camping. I've never camped Listen, before. We need to come you know. to the camp outs. It'll be so much more <laughs> on this week. It's a whole melanated camp out uh, conglomerate, I want to say. Like it's a whole bunch of people, Black people that look like us that has gotten back out into nature. It's so many different um, organizations that have started. Black girls that camp, shout out to them. Uh, the Black Nomads, the RVers. It's so many people that look like us that are getting back out into nature. And that is what we want to encourage because you feel better in nature. So get out here in these camping streets. Indeed, indeed. I'd just be scared. Like, yo, there's it's nobody out here, man. What, what Listen, you know, like, like, like those scary movies. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you got you come with a group of friends. Don't make that your first camping experience in the woods of New York by yourself up in no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> freedom. But if you've never camped before, you want to come to a camping event at Freedom so you can get your camping experience. And then once you do it once with a, with a group of Black people, you'll feel more confident going out into the world later yeah, we, on. We're going to make that happen. We're going to make that happen, man, for sure. All right. Um, I know y'all been doing, you know, your affirmations for a while. Like you guys wake up every morning and you do your affirmations together. So what is, doesn't have to be just one, but what, what have been some of your favorite affirmations that you love just reciting on a regular? Whew, uh, we have so many. Money comes to me frequently in all ways. Uh, oh, Jesus, that's so much. And we get on a call every morning with Hazik Ali, Millionaire Minded, and we go through like 12 different uh, affirmations that we say. Actually, I am enough. <laughs> yes. Uh, I am now creating... Um, Jesus, I we do. I'm like, why am I forgetting all right, that? Like, we don't say this every day. It's now so I can't awkward. think. <laughs> <laughs> I am now becoming the best example of all what my best self. So, yes. Um, that's one of my favorites. I am now becoming the best example of all my best advice. Is one of my best favorite affirmations is because I give a lot of advice out all day long. Mm. <laughs> I try to be the best example of that advice, right? Um, I am healthy, wealthy, and completely loved. Um, that's something to remember too, is that I am loved. You're a loved person. You're someone who loves you. And I think that we forget that. Um, and that I am enough. Like I, that's the one that I hold on a lot because in this, uh, culture, you will always think there's something else you have to do or mm -hmm. someone um, more special than you or there's something more that you need to be obtaining and just to fill on your inside and your heart space that I am enough that's really powerful yeah, man, I'm a, I'm and one of my favorite enough. ones is I am getting better and better every day in every way there it is look at y'all finishing each other's sentences man Best, besties besties love it love it yeah I <laughs> all right um like we, I know we, 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 we like each other a lot <laughs> <laughs> man 
that's beautiful, man. It's beautiful to see. Um, I know y'all uh, mentioned it's all about the kids, you know what I mean? Like just building everything for the kids and, you know, you guys incorporate a lot of different activities with the kids. So what have been some of your favorite activities to do with each other and gather all the families together and the kids and everything? What's been some of your favorite activities? <laughs> Ethan, uh, my 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 daughter's birthday party this past uh, last year was, I think, one of the best events we threw for. It, we got a chance to see all of our freedom kids. My sister has this big backyard, and uh, we didn't go to the land. We just went um, a few minutes down the road to my sister's house, and she has this big backyard. And I was able to watch all of our children playing together. The bigger kids were helping out the little kids. Um, it was just amazing to see so that was like one of my favorite moments for all of our kids to enjoy again when we're out there on the land our kids are with us um Juneteenth we had kids from all over we had set up different um obstacle courses and different sporting stuff in the um, areas where we were camping at and just to see kids from all over different areas different states playing together it was not one fight amongst these kids no arguments like they were just able to play and like I said the older ones were helping the little ones it was just amazing to see and that is what I envision for freedom like you're gonna be able to drop your kid off at the park and know like if I drop my baby off at the park I know Ashley or her daughter gonna watch my baby and make sure that, that my baby is fine you know and I don't have to worry as much and that's what I want to get back to we truly become a, a village once we're on that land like everybody looks out for each other like our um like their husbands all look out like if my husband can't come I know uh my big bro got me I know uh, my other friends got me you know what I'm saying so it's just a village we all just try to connect and just be a family because that's truly what's needed for these times to come us truly sticking together so to see our kids playing and a lot of these kids didn't even know each other but to just see them playing so well together, it was just amazing. Yeah, it's amazing to just think about, man. Um, again, you guys are doing amazing work, man, proving a lot of things wrong right now. So looking into the future, uh, imagine like 100, 200 years from now, when we're looking back at Freedom Georgia's all over the country, you know, um, what legacy do you guys want to leave behind and what do you want people to understand about the work that you you did and what you represented for us uh, I just want to I just want them to see that we were fearless that we took the steps that we needed we didn't let people the tourists talk us out of it um we stayed true to ourselves we had faith and um, I just want our children to be proud. This is something that they can say, my, my mother did this. My father did this, you know. Um, it's just surreal to me that this is the type of thing, like when I leave this earth, my name's still gonna be ringing bells. That's legacy, that's legacy. Like when I leave this earth, they still gonna be talking about Renee Walter. Ashley, you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, a hundred years from now, I, I hope that I really want when there's freedoms all over the world for it to be 
empowered black people running them and that we created a pathway for black power just for real like um the dynamic of black people in leadership has been off for far too long um i want us to build things that rival the pyramids of egypt and the gardens of timbuktu and have this blueprint of a harmonious futuristic world that doesn't have to go to mars <laughs> to continue to have a beautiful thriving existence but rather we've rectified the problems here on earth so that we can continue to be inhabitants of the earth and to continue to dominate it and to continue to speak to the earth and call those things that be not as though they were and for black people to enjoy the experience of calling those things that be not as though they were and speaking powerfully and moving powerfully to create the existence that we want and deserve for our children. Man, well said, well said, man. I'm so excited just to, you know, to to witness all of this and um, appreciative of the opportunity to just talk to both of you. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been just an inspiring experience today, just talking to y'all, man, and the, what you've been able to accomplish in just two years time, man. And then just the vision and the the effort and the doing and the belief and just all the recipes making things happen, man. So y'all gonna be one of them that I think about when I mean things is going hard. I'm like, yo, Renee and Ashley putting in that work. I gotta, I gotta make this thing happen. <laughs> you know, like so definitely appreciate y'all, man, and just the work. And again, thank thank y'all for coming through and blessing us with just everything and the work that y'all doing and the motivation and inspiration. Uh if y'all could do us one more favor before you leave today, if you could leave us with your favorite quote and what it means to you. Well, my favorite quote is, uh, oldie but a goodie. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so that's the quote that it means that I don't have to be worried or moving in fear or anxiousness. I don't have to worry about tomorrow's troubles. I don't have to do anything but show up and believe that I have everything it takes, that God endowed me with everything I need, and I just need the strength of my personal Lord and Savior <laughs> to be able to do anything I put my mind to. I would just say um, write the vision and make it plain. Write down what you want. Um, one of the things I did before I got married, I wrote down exactly what I wanted my husband to be and how I wanted our marriage to be, the things I wanted us to do. And as I wrote it down, I saw these things in my head and um, that's exactly what I got because I wrote it down and then I believed. And then it's um, Ashley and I, we had a vision board 2019. What year was it? Like 2019, I think, or 2018. And she put, uh, we did it with a picture next to us and millions around us 
but we hadn't done anything and we didn't know what it was we were going to do, but we just knew that we did it. Ashley wrote it down. Like she wrote it down. Like she wrote the vision down mm-hmm. and, and we saw each other doing something. We saw us doing something because that was the basis of our friendship. We about to get these millions. And so you have to write the vision down and make it plain, like write it, see yourself doing it, and then do all the things, the necessary works to see it come into fruition. So write the vision, make it plain. There it is, man. Uh, powerful. Man, yo, uh, listeners, if y'all not inspired right now, y- y'all got to go to a therapist or somebody and figure out what's going on. Because, whew, man, uh, I'm ready to to build a new world right now, man. Like, <laughs> y'all put the battery in my back right now, man. So I, I appreciate just all the, the words and the wisdom from y'all and the, you know, the continuation of the work. You're know, going to be keeping a close eye and definitely going to have y'all back for an update um, uh, on what's going on and everything. And, you know, you guys will definitely be back. So I appreciate the support coming through on the program and everything. Uh, listeners, uh, please share with everyone. Every Black person on the planet needs to know what is being done and the effort that these two ladies are making to try to change the visions, you know, visions for our future and actually doing work to change the reality. You know what I'm saying? And to have that reality in their head and to be doing it, super important. So share, share, share. These are stories that we need to tell our children that they need to understand that this can be done. You know, we can do this. We can come together as a collective and figure this out. We can build generational wealth. You know, we can um, combat racism and white supremacy. You know what I'm saying? We can get along. You know, we can figure things out. So super important. All of that y'all doing, man. So again, thank you so much for coming through. Um, Appreciate the time. Appreciate having y'all here. And we'll be following up, definitely. And listeners, remember, your mind is the most powerful tool in the universe. Therefore, if you can think it, you can do it. If you believe in it, you can be it. And if you fight for it, you can have it. The world is yours. This has been your host, Mr. G. And I will see you next time on Mastermind.